Welcome to this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. In this week's episode, the guys go over wholesaling. What is it, how it works, and some things you should look out for. All while enjoying Pinhook Bourbon. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks, brought to you by Living in Colorado, The Mile High Perspective, my name is Charlie Sardelli, and as always, I am here with... Jameson Amaros, people. Oscar Ibarra. And we are the Mile High Perspective. Just three Colorado real estate agents here to bring you, the consumer, quality information from the headlines, from the listing table, from the closing table, whatever you want to say. Stories from the crypt. Stories, whatever you guys yeah, want. However you want to put it. Um, dropping, to dropping hot vocals every week. Uh, Can't wait for our single to drop. <laughs> should, we, should we say like the Mile High Perspective all at the same time? Yeah. I mean, yeah, right? Just kidding. I'm not going to do it. We got every, everybody pose for the album cover. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, on today's episode, we want to cover something that if you are into the, the gig economy or if you are into starting your own business and looking, at, looking into passive income, like we talked about last week, something that you've see, probably seen is wholesaling. Right. So we want to talk about uh, wholesaling in real estate and kind of break it down for you, what it is, how it works, how it relates to sellers and what it what it means for them in some instances. And then what we're going to do is actually break down a little scenario for you on wholesale with with a price point on a home and kind of how it works going throughout. And I mean, even if you haven't seen or heard, mm-hmm. you haven't heard of wholesaling, I'm, I'm sure you've you've heard of it, but not in those terms. Wholesale. It's in other words, it's the get rich quick mm-hmm. real estate. That's yeah. kind of what they're talking about wholesale. Yeah, have you seen it? It's been big on TikTok, social media. Like yeah. I see them all the time where people are like, hey, take my class. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and we you hate said, real estate agents. You guys can bash blah, blah, it. Blah, blah, blah. This because, is the easiest uh, way. I have a big group of uh, good close friends and one family member that does wholesaling and investments. <laughs> so, hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm cool, guys. Hey, fuck those sh- guys. I'm we, just kidding. We should have <laughs> brought them onto the podcast. No, yeah. they, and they know Had a lively, knowledge. Uh, one, one was my, my mentee. Yeah. My cousin. He, no, uh, it's, de- it's definitely a way to make he, money. He, he yeah, got I mean, into the industry. I taught him what I knew and um, he listened to every single thing and, and he took off and then I helped him land his first <laughs> investor. And man, that kid's killing it. He's That's on awesome. his four. I think he's doing four. He's doing he did a lot of wholesaling and then mm-hmm. uh, grabbed some more investors and now he's uh, building out four units. Yeah. Yeah. From, from scratch. Yeah. New well, construction. And, and honestly, the reason mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we want to talk about it with you guys today is because, you know, a lot of people get confused between wholesalers and, and real estate agents or realtors. Guys, just first, first off, do you need a real estate license to do? No, nope. not for wholesaling. Right. So a lot of the time, th- those people who are annoying you on phone calls, asking about your home, if you want to sell it, a lot of the time, those are actually wholesalers, not real estate agents. Or dialers hired by, by wholesalers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and there's that's their whole their whole kit and caboodle, a whole shebang um, on how they get their business. But before we dive into that anymore, guys, as you know, on this podcast, we don't just talk about real estate. We enjoy bourbon, the fine spirits, the, the better half of life and hanging out. And today's bottle, uh, Jameson swung by, picked up, and I think, what, what was it, with five five five-minute decision? I don't know, man. It looks like I got lost and ended up in the wine section. <laughs> right, yeah. Especially with <laughs> well, the Well, it gets cap. tough. You go you go there, we're like, try that, try that. That's yeah. Like, nah, I don't know if I want to drink that. Yeah. You're like, I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. This one. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, I picked it because there was a horse on it. Clearly. And, uh, you know, <laughs> when, you, uh, when you're when you betting, you want to back a horse, right? Yeah. I don't back wholesaling. I back realtors. <laughs> you know what? But <laughs> bourbon, yes, bourbon, bourbon from the country, from the south, mm-hmm. Tennessee, the Kentucky Derby, Kentucky baby. Derby. I exactly. mean, horses are very tied into bourbon exactly. too. Absolutely, yep. absolutely. And and I do like 
I mean, just like you were talking about, the branding of the bottle, we talk about this regularly, but it, it plays into it, right? And for so, if somebody is into horse racing, stuff like that, this would 100% catch their eye, I think. Um, so, Jameson, you want to tell us a little bit about it while I pour it out? Uh, yeah, so it is a uh, bourbon, obviously, based out of Kentucky. And this one is a uh, 101 proof, so it's a 52. Really? Um, I could I, I would have thought it was I, Yeah, less. after the neck pour, I know. So that's why I was, little, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, it's won significant awards. Now, granted, some of these bourbon awards, I swear to God, they just kind of make up like they do like the top 100 influential real estate agents in Colorado magazine oh. <laughs> you can buy into because some of these awards I've never heard of. But how much did that designation call you? Cost yeah, you? exactly. Right. 350 bucks to say. I'm the, anyway, um, the interesting piece you guys will notice. And if you're listening, uh, the bottle is essentially a wine bottle and not your standard bourbon bottle that you would find at the store. The reason they do that is because for the most part, American whiskeys are bottled and proofed according to a very specific flavor profile mm -hmm. every single year, year in and year out, right? Pinhook does it based on the ages of the barrels instead. So they actually produce it based on vintage. Mm -hmm. So whenever mm -hmm. the barrel itself hits a certain age and then they bottle it. Kind of like wine. So very, yeah. very similar to wine, hence, ah. hence the wine lookalike. That makes right? sense. Okay. Booker's um, does the same, uh, the same bottling yes they are they're in a wine bottle. yeah so what we have is their flagship bourbon um i'd classify it as kind of the the everyday bourbon like mm -hmm. i mean this bottle was 39 bucks so not terribly expensive nice. you can get it at most large liquor stores uh the flavor profile is a little interesting so to give you guys a breakdown so uh the split is 75 percent corn 15 percent rye and then 10 malted barley interesting right which it yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, flavor profiles. The nose is butterscotch, apricots, graham cracker, which I can definitely see the graham cracker yeah. in the finish. Okay. And then transition mm. to a pile of coffee roasted peanuts, candied cinnamon. Coffee roasted peanuts? And creme brulee. Creme brulee. Mm. Creme brulee. <laughs> Got to get a little bit of creme fraise. Uh, I mean, you know, it's gonna, French. I'm, I'm going to have to <laughs> French and call this dude out. I got to taste it. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, it's not grass clippings. I will tell you that. <laughs> no, absolutely. Well, I mean, not. what's really interesting about it is we've had. I can some, taste the apricots right yeah. away. Yeah, that that was solid. We I, had some high rise in the past, and I mean, there. This is this is a high rise, and for, it's very smooth. Yeah, yeah. Well, very low weeded, and right. very yeah. low weeded is usually. Yeah. Spicy, burning. Mm -hmm. You know. Well, I mean, and the reason I bring it up is because what was it? It was seventy-five. I can't remember. Man, I can't remember which one it was, but it was. It said ten percent. Or 11% rye, and they considered it high rye. Right. This is, you said, 15? 15. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Anything over Especially 10. Especially for the color. Everything over 10 is, is high rye. Especially for the color. If you got, for everybody who's listening at home, this is probably one of the lightest bourbons that we've had, mm -hmm. I would say, in the last three months. Um, and I don't know about you guys, but whenever I see a light bourbon, I kind of take a breath and a step back a little bit, only because it's, like you said, it's very surprising that this is vintage. Like, this is age. And what's what's Age at least three years. Okay. Okay. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, we've had some three years that were darker than this, and I mean, it, I'm, I'm excited to to kind of let it let it open and, and taste it throughout the episode, specifically because I feel like that's where the notes are going to come through, especially because of I, I it is a little bit more dry, um, for at least from the next pour, but I, I'm excited for it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, start start swirling it around and stick my nose in it. Oh, <laughs> sticking the nose. Oh yeah, I mean. The nose is a lot sweeter than yeah. than than the juice, mm -hmm. so I could see the the graham cracker caramel. It's very the the, the very fruity though. Apricot is yeah, it's subtle. Yeah, but it's there. For sure. 
Yeah, I'm getting the graham cracker mm-hmm. on the nose. Oscar's over there taking a sip before sip, we cheers. Away. He's just excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers, gentlemen. Cheers. Cheers. That's a recycled pork. I haven't been consistent these last few episodes. I've been busy working. So I, I forget the process. I thought you were going to say, welcome to Pit My Ride. <laughs> Wrong show. Well, I mean, compared to, to last week's bourbons, too, this very clear. Yes. Very, very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't see almost any anything. particulates. Almost, yeah. maybe, yeah, one, a little bit, but nothing, nothing like it was. No. Oh, man, this is, I'm excited. The front end is sweet. Yeah? It is sweet. Let's see. I still, I'm more of a fruit, apricot. Is it apricot or apricot? Tomato, tomato? I say apricot. Almonds. Almonds. That high, that high rise is prevalent though. Hey, well, I don't know we're about talking you guys. about almonds that, over here. I'm just, I think it, it balances easy. well. I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I, it's interesting. I, the heat on it is 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 interesting. It's yeah. almost like like Oscar was saying. You get you definitely get hit with the sweetness, but then the heat kind of just plows uh-huh. right through afterwards. Is that would you guys say? Yeah, because yeah? yeah, it's it, I can still feel the heat on my tongue. Yes. after the sip, it mm-hmm. sits. I feel it. Feel it down here. Yeah. yeah, it sits. Compared to compared to what we had last week and the week before, this one definitely reminds me more of a of a less complex build. The, the flavors are there, but again, it's the, it, it's very punchy. It's what, not a uh, yeah, it's not an orchestra. Yes, yes. It's it doesn't, not a, it doesn't it's not give a you crescendo. The crescendo. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's no crescendo. All right, it's more of us, like give Metallica. us your flavor notes. <clears throat> we got to make this a whole corner. Like Oscar's it is. Flavor it is. A, it is a very. It's a summary, not a book. Yep, it hits you, gives you what you cliff need. Cliff notes, it's, baby. It's yeah. it's cliff notes. It's Wikipedia, hundred <laughs> percent. So it's gets to a point, and then it's done, and it's Bernie. Um, I get, apricots is all I I can get on the nose. It is graham cracker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's a sweeter. Um, it's not as uh, what's the word uh, spice or just bitter spice that I think it'd be because mm-hmm. it's high corn. Um, like whiskeys are just. They're going to smack you in the face. Yeah. You know, bourbons have a little more complexity. This, I thought it was going to be more like that, but it's pretty smooth for what it is. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. really smooth for, for the mash bill. I think it's smooth. It's mm-hmm. good. And I will say once the, once the burn does subside in, in your throat, I do get that sweetness. The, yep. the, the, the caramel mm-hmm. and the graham cracker does, mm-hmm. does come through. Just takes a little bit longer. See, than, I don't have than graham cracker. Maybe I'm eating the wrong graham crackers. Well, I, I think it's, it's more like it's more like saltines. I don't know. Well, I think it's because I had the, those, the almonds before we started, the, the, the nut medley. Before we started, um, which is kind of adding to that, that more of the, the sweetness. But, yeah, that's fair. I mean, yeah, I'm excited to let it sit and sip it through, see how it goes. Oh, I forgot to bring the, the swirler, remember? Oh, yeah. To open it up. <laughs> the, yeah, you have to oh, that's yeah, yeah. Try it. We, we got to try it. We gotta, yeah, we yeah. got to make that we, a we gotta, separate. We got to grab one that's borderline. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, yeah. let it open up. It tastes better as you go. Buy one of those and just. Like a gentleman jack, then, maybe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I just you figure if you want to try it, like yeah. Yeah. oxidize yeah. the shit out of it and see what happens. <laughs> so, uh, quick, quick side note story. We were at one of those Christmas shops. They're kind of like they sell a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At the merchandise mart, and uh, they had these little oak barrels, these little tiny things that are charred inside. And I thought they were cool because they have cool um, logos and whatnot. And the woman selling them said, "They're cool, but you put you pour whiskey in here." Said, with this, you pour in regular Jack Daniels, you let it sit for 30 days, 
and the flavor profile will be Gentleman's Jack. Interesting. I want to call bullshit, but that's maybe something we try. Well, I, mean, I mean, if yeah. anybody out there has tried it, let us know. Yeah, I mean, so you said you put you put the bourbon in, into it, and then yeah, it and just let it sit. You let it age for like thirty days to two months. Okay, and it becomes something better. Huh. It sounds it sounds a lot like that uh, the bourbon that we have with the wood stick in it. Oh yeah, yeah. kind of okay. the idea okay. behind okay. that. Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah. All right, so yeah. let's let's go ahead and uh, dive into the topic today. Um, wholesaling in real estate. What is it? What does it mean? We we see it. You hear about it, especially if you're looking at real estate. So. Who wants to, who wants to I mean, break it down a little bit? It's pretty bit. simple, right? It's when you buy a house from Costco. Is that not? <laughs> right. And, and, and yeah, it's, a, yeah, pretty much. it's a fine line from, from a real estate standpoint. When you pick up a listing, a pocket listing, nobody knows. You're not supposed to promote or market or let anybody see it before the general public. It's a rule. We need to abide by what our sellers want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If our sellers already has a buyer, we could sell it. It doesn't go on the MLS. And then now that's why they do the MLS. Was this a, a sale that's already done? It's just for, you want to put your properties on MLS because it's data, right? So the seller has the final say. Us, we can't, you know, promote it to our investors before the rest of the, the, rest of the public. And the thought behind that is, are we selling our sellers short? Mm-hmm. And that's where it ties into wholesaling. Are we selling the sellers short? Mm-hmm. Because wholesaling is... A wholesaler will come in, pick up your property for a hundred grand right now, cash, do it fast, and then he's going to go and make twenty grand and sell it again to the general public, or yep. maybe lipstick it and then you know yeah. remodel it or whatever. Yeah, it's basically it's selling paper, right? So yep. essentially, what you can do, and this is the crazy part, and what Oscar was alluding to, is you can do it without a real estate license, right? Mm-hmm. You can go online, you can find a purchase agreement to purchase real estate uh, contract, fill it out with a purchase price, give it to a seller, say, hey. I know your house is worth X amount. I'm going to offer you this amount. Mm-hmm. Seller agrees. You're technically under contract, right? So now you have, let's say it's a 30-day close. Now you have 30 days as a wholesaler to take that piece of paper, sell it to an investor and say, hey, I'm going to charge you essentially a finder's fee. This is a house that may need some work, lipstick, whatever it is. But I bought it for $200,000. i am going to sell you the title. I'm going to sign the title to you for 230000 And then the seller and the investor go to close and then that $30,000 difference, you pocket as a wholesaler and you yep. make that as a profit. Yep. So, so yeah, that, so that, that's kind of like a quick overview breakdown of, of overall just what wholesaling is. And, and basically, like, like Jameson said, is it's, it's selling paper. That's kind of how it's known in the industry to basically cut, cut the middleman out, make it a quicker transaction. And not even cut the middleman, just replace the middleman. Well, yeah. and, and, yeah. And, and three things, um, because when I, when I hear wholesaling in, in, in a scenario, my managing broker, you know, red flags start going up. Yeah. What, what is this? What, what are the dangers behind this? Because real estate, you, you could get a heavily slapped fine, mm-hmm. even jail time, mm-hmm. fraudulent stuff, yeah. bad practice. You know, we're, we're, we're governed by the commission and the board as a realtor. So one, you don't need a license for sale by owner is a good example. Mm-hmm. You could sell your own house for sale by owner. That's a good example Two, got to watch out for double closings. Say, um, Jameson is selling a house and I go in and I said, look, I'm going to put it on the contract. I'm going to go ahead and, and it's going to tie into two subjects that I want to talk about. I'm going to, I'm going to offer 200,000 for the house. I got 30 days. Usually when an investor buys a property, it's fast. That's, that's the, that's the appealing part, mm-hmm. right? 10 to 15 days. Let's get it closed, get it done. It's cash, no appraisal, no nothing. 
So I'm going to give myself 30 days to turn around, put it on a contract, do my due diligence and say, okay, ARV is after remodel value. I'm going to do that, go over to Charlie, he's the investor, and tell him, hey, Charlie, I got this property, the finder's fee. I'm going to, I'm going to sell it to you for 210, 215. I'm going to make 15 grand on it. But the ARV is going to be 300. So it's licking his chops because, you know, whatever the cost after, um, if, you, if you do the scope of work right, you're going to make another thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 in 30 mm-hmm. days, right? So a lot of people, where they got in trouble with this is that he agrees to it. I assign it over to him, but I close him first. Mm-hmm. I close him first, get the money, use that money to pay you on the same day. That's a double closing. You're not supposed to. I don't own the property. I can't legally sell right. it to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's what was going on a lot during <clears throat> 2009, yep. all that era, that people were getting his money, closing on it, conveying mm-hmm. title, and then closing on this with cash and then making my profit. Right. So no money was transferred, right. only my money that I gained yep. and your money that you provided yep. and your money that you made from yep. it. And then assignability. Assignability is another thing. If I'm coming in and saying, I'm going to buy your property, do it under an LLC, then I turn around and assign it to him. So the contract is now his under the same LLC, but I sell him the LLC. So that also was a realm of watch what you're doing mm-hmm. because that's fraudulent. Yep. Yeah. I can't sell a property that's not mine. Well, and Oscar, you bring up a great point, right? And, and, and one reason why, you know, again, we do the show for you guys, the consumer, the, the listener, person at home, kind of just to break it down. But Oscar, the point that you, that you made was they're going to buy it and then turn it around and market it. Hey, you can build this up and probably make this much on it, right? So a lot of the time, the experience that people have with wholesalers, with these dialings, uh, the dialer companies, the, the phone calls that they get is they're, they're going to position it like, hey, you know, you have, a, you have a good amount of equity in your house. I'm going to give you this amount for it and you're going to make a killing on it. But again, what ends up happening a lot of the time is they're lowballing you specifically for the reason that Oscar said is that do you think that I'm as an investor I'm going to buy a property and make 5 to 10,000 dollars on it or or take a loss yeah or take a loss exactly they're not going to do right. that so the only way that wholesalers can truly truly make a good amount of money is to lowball offer mm-hmm. and make sure that whoever they sell it to can make money on the back end right because that's that's how they get their money correct? and the last 7 years was a time where they could roll the dice and win why? Because let's take a big corporate wholesaler, mm-hmm. quote unquote, Open Door. Yep. Open Door was playing the market and, and playing equity that was going to be gained um, month over over end, not just year over end. So there were, uh, you have a property in the market, let's say three hundred thousand. I come in and offer you three hundred thousand, hold it for a few months because I know we're going to go up ten percent month over end, and then I'm going to make a profit. So they were doing a lot of that. Open Door had a great business plan during that time mm-hmm. and they're not so much a wholesaler but they were playing the wholesale game because they turn around paint it or whatever they need to do and then make the profit and they were banking on the market now that the market is not doing that mm-hmm. no more open door well and then also again phenomenal point that you bring up is wholesalers have the ability to say oh you know how your those real estate agents take a commission wholesalers have a great opportunity to say to you i'll do this for one percent Right, and that's like, or finder's fee. No, or finder's fee. No, so they don't do it for eight percent. Well, no, but I mean, the reason I say the one percent is because that's what Open Door was doing. Correct. Right? They well, were saying, "Hey, yes." And then, and then, and yeah, their value proposition is um, convenience. They're not going to go through the whole spiel of of 
of uh, appraisals or whatnot. They're mm -hmm. just going to offer you the cash that yep. they've already built in all their fees. Mm -hmm. And they're going to go ahead and so I lost my train of thought. Um, oh, convenience of time. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. You don't have to stay on the market for 15, 30, 45 days. I'm going to go ahead and give you the cash now so you can move on to your next house. Mm -hmm. If it works and they're giving you market value all day, right. but they have smaller margins because they're doing it at a grander scale. Yes. Your everyday wholesaler has that needs bigger margins because mm -hmm. it's every deal that they do. Yep. They're not getting, they don't have thousands of deals because open door had how many stat man? They had tons of oh. houses here. Tons. Well, I think open door is playing a different game overall. They were trying to reset comps. Yeah. Right. To make, but a they profit. had a ton of but houses that got it. Right. Yes. Yes. So they, they were doing it at a bigger scale so they could take the smaller margins mm -hmm. and then, then, they they lost also, their, then they lost their ass off. They lost on a bigger scale. Mm. To yeah. the tune of what? Oh my God, it was almost a million. Yeah, it was almost yeah, a billion dollar loss yeah. by the mm -hmm. time they were done. And I always said, because I, I Open Door did offer to pick up one of my listings before I, I listed it, and my seller needed to sell fast. Mm -hmm. And they were going to offer her like $500,000, 550 cash in Legacy Ridge. And at the time, the prices weren't going up. And I called her and I said, you can do that. Go for it. If you think that's what you need, I'm not going to get in the way. But know that my comps state that I could get you $150,000 more than what they're offering. Yep. With that phone call, she called me up. She said, listen, you got 45 days. I did it in 30 and I got her $150,000 more. Mm -hmm. That's and the margin that they were playing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Great. 150 grand, right? And, and that's, that's, another, that's another good bit that I do want to point out. Like, guys, the way that we're going to talk about wholesaling, we're going to break it down for you again. Just, and it may sound like we're, we're making it a bad thing, but another thing that I want to point out is, to Oscar's point, if you, if you need to get out, if, if you need and you don't have the time, wholesaling is a good option for you. You could still benefit. You could still make some money on it. But the whole reason that we want to do this is to shed light on it. So it gives you a better understanding of how it's going and, and how it works. And, you know, the benefits, pros, kind of little yep. pros and cons, right? Um, so now that we know kind of what wholesaling is and as a whole and, and some, of the, some of the pitfalls and stuff like that, I want to talk about how, how it kind of works ultimately. Uh, you know, we broke it down and say, oh, they're, they're going to sell. They, they go low, sell high, whatever it is. But... Let's talk about, you know, as if I am a, a wholesaler, right? We already talked about dialers. So how, how does a wholesaler find their client? You can do it a, a, a bunch of different ways, right? One of the more common is driving for dollars is what they call it. So essentially you drive through a neighborhood and you try and find the most rundown house in that neighborhood. You knock on the door. You send them a mailer, a flyer, whatever. Hey, if you want to get out of the house, maybe they're under a ton of debt. Maybe there's liens, whatever it is. We'll go ahead and purchase it from you, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll close close. NED we'll close list. quick and whatever. Um, you can look at uh, they'll look at um, tax delinquent lists, mm -hmm. right? And they'll say, okay, this person's behind on taxes or utility bills or HOAs. Like we mm -hmm. keep talking about HOAs. Uh, the goal is to find either distressed properties mm -hmm. or distressed distressed people. sellers, or the best case scenario, distressed both. Both. Yes. Right. But mm -hmm. in order to do that, you need to have cold callers, you need to have reverse prospecting, you have to do uh, skip tracing, which skip tracing essentially is, hey, I have you know this address, I don't know the homeowner's phone number, I'm gonna pay a company to skip trace it to give me that phone number so I can then call them mm -hmm. and say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Customer, uh, I'd love to buy your house from you. Yep. Let me, I would, I'd make you an offer today, it's yep. gonna be blah, 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 right? So there's a bunch of different ways for them to get clients. Uh, 
most of them aren't referrals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or they hit us up. Or they or they hit us up and they say, I mean, I get probably eight text messages a day. Hey, Jameson, I'm looking for property, distressed off, properties <laughs> yeah. off market in the Denver market area. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for my next fix and flip. Um, and you I'm could sure build you a you, you, you could build a uh, yep. <laughs> you could build a business off of it. Yeah, yeah because it's think, it's public records, right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think we're that's starting why we wanted right. to talk about it because last week, right, we talked about real estate is a passive income stream. Yep. And with the advent of social media, we see all the time wholesalers advertising to like teach other people how to yeah. wholesale, mm-hmm. which I think is. Well, I ironically I, hilarious. I caught a guy like going live on TikTok, and he's, he's just sitting in his office. He's like, "Guys, I got, I got five years in the wholesale business. I made over fifty thousand dollars in the last two months." I'm gonna, Is it the know. dude named Dalton with the yellow teeth? No, is that motherfucker. If I ever meet him no. in person, <laughs> yeah, no. And again, I, 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 I will give him a free visit. I threw the out the caveat that I know a lot of wholesalers. The guys that I know, they're doing, they're doing it right. Man, they do a lot of business. Yeah, and, and there's, there, there's these guys are making a ton of business. Yes. But again. Uh, for example, if I have a property coming up, I know it's going to be hard to market. It's going to be hard. I call them up. I say, hey, let's go do a scope of work. And it's it's got to go live. Mm-hmm. My, my seller is not going to sell it to you. So they go do the scope of work and they say, yeah, it'll work. If you don't get any, any showings or anything, I'll take it for this. And I'd sell it to my seller, turn around, and, and it's no bullshit. Yep. It's money. Yeah. 10 days, they get out, and they're done. Yeah. And uh, when, when marketing uh, for, for wholesales, another thing, guys, you got to understand – it's public records. If you are defaulting on your mortgage, mm-hmm. it's called the NED list, the, the notice of election and demand. So they're going to send you out a letter and say, hey, you're, you're defaulting on your mortgage. It could be one month. It's not in their best interest to do it the right. first month, but they can't foreclose within a month. So they're going to they're send you some letter and say, hey, you need to pay up. You need to pay up. It's usually three months after that. But during that time, they announce it to title companies. We get the list from the title companies and we have a list of people that are in default. It could be a month, it could be more. Mm-hmm. Then we reach out to them and, and say, hey, if you're in, in distress, if your house is unmarketable or whatever the case may be, you don't have the time, let me come in, give you some cash, move out of the house, we'll make you whole. That's another way to get wholesale properties. Yeah, absolutely. So once they once they find the properties, once they I should, find- I should charge for that, by the way, because oh, everybody has that knowledge. Hey, I don't were, need TikTok. Yeah, I was gonna say if you were on TikTok Live, you would had you would have had followers and likes going crazy on that one. I get um, lists all the time. So now we we they they called, took a look at the list. They found a dis- distressed property. And guys, just as an example, one thing that I want to lay out as a distressed property because a lot of the time we don't, as as consumers, as as normal, you know, homeowners, we don't really think about these things, but. It's by distressed property, some things that people look at is as they're driving by, what does the front door look like? What do the windows look like? What is the siding? Like basically, does it, it, from the outside, does your home look like you can afford to upkeep it? Well, you can also look at absentee owners. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So out-of-state landlords that maybe can't rent their house because it's in disrepair. Um, and you can get that list too. And I, I got a phone call the other day uh, from a, a friend of a friend that we met at a party that owns a house in our neighborhood. And the house next door is a rental. The rain that we got the other day, I mean, I'm doing oh, a yeah. new roof, and my, my car that I, that's outside got dinged up. I mean, it was bad, right? Yeah. It Erosion into mm-hmm. their yard, mm-hmm. and they need a fence put up. And one, the fence isn't up, and they were going to see if they want to split the cost. On top of that, their landscaping got screwed up because yep. of a lot of stuff they're doing. Mm-hmm. And there's nobody renting it right now. Yeah. So I, they asked me to go online to see who it was. Mm-hmm. So I pulled it up. It's an LLC, which is in San Francisco, and that LLC has a registered, you have to have a registered agent, right, in yeah. the state. The registered agent is another business 
that does resident uh, registered agents for other LLCs. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't get a hold of them. So we got to the bottom of it, and this is the best bet. That's another. Mm -hmm. Another. It doesn't yeah. have to be distressed, and mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be older. No, yeah, or distress whatever. can mean a lot of things. A lot of yeah. times, when we think, when you guys think of distress, you think physically distressed, right? Mm -hmm. Poor upkeep, damaged roof, overgrown, uh, lawn, siding, lawn, whatever, yeah. right? Foundational issues. But when we talk to stress, especially when it comes to wholesaling, we really mean financially. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's what it's going to be. That's now, the normally, biggest one. Normally, if you have a financially distressed residence, mm -hmm. it will manifest itself physically yes. in the upkeep of the house. Mm -hmm. But when we talk about financial distress, we talk financial because those are the people that are going to be the most motivated to just get out and find the quickest solution yep. that at least gets their head above water. Mm -hmm. And out into the next thing, like Oscar said earlier. Or they yeah. don't want the neighbors to find out. Correct. You know what? I'm, I'm behind on my mortgage. I don't want my neighbors to find right. out. I don't want to sign in front of my mm -hmm. house. I just want to Which sell Which is why you out. never keep up with the Joneses, people. That's no. Because right. the Joneses Ever. are fucking liars. Screw those Joneses. You just do you, man. <laughs> you know Nobody the average, cares. You know the average car payment in the United States right now? $480. No. It's almost $700. Are you kidding me? Almost $700 for the average car payment. That's disgusting. That's keeping up with the Joneses. Sorry. Yeah, no. Oh, I'm not saying, hey, <laughs> I'm saying that, listen, hey, he's shrinking over here. I'm saying that knowing full well, I got a $515 a month car payment and a $694 a month car payment. And you know what? My, part part my car is not even the more expensive I'm one. Because I, I put a hefty ass time. down payment on I'm part of my the wife's car is the one yeah, that I'm, I'm paying part of a lot the on. But at the same time, it's not like you guys are working part-time. Right. And, and doing and doing those decisions. And what's funny is that we were we were having <laughs> no, I got my only homes up and running. <laughs> we were we were having this conversation last night because we were talking about electric cars, right? Yeah. Uh, I had to Uber from somewhere, and my Uber driver had a, a Tesla, and I I was like, I, I would love Uber an, a Tesla. I love a, it. I would love you can an electric car. Shelby just got an electric car too. What did he get? He got a Tesla. That I'm gonna kill him. So. I thought, I thought I've been that thinking about familiar it. when you took that picture of him driving a King's Deer. Right. I, I was thinking about it, and I said, you know what? I would love a Rivian. Mm. They're, they're expensive. Uh, Charles has a Lucid, uh, Lucid Air on order. Mm. They're awesome. The trucks or the SUVs, they're awesome. Yeah. I would love an SUV or a truck. It doesn't matter. And I was like, man, they're, they're, they're up there in price. I could sell my car. I could sell my wife's car. I could drive my, my old car that's still great, still, still presentable. And um, I was like, yeah, but our payment's going to be this much. And I said, check this out. Between both of our car payments, it's almost as much as what we're going to pay for the Rivian. But then the Rivian saves us in gas. Mm -hmm. Every time I fill my wife's car up, it's $117. And I do it at Ooh. least three to four times a month. Ooh. That's $400. And then there's my car mm -hmm. that I fill up about four or five yep. times a month. And it's 70 bucks every time. I am saving $800 a month if I were to buy a Rivian. And I do have to get rid of two cars, though. But and here's the thing, though. If, if, if you don't keep track of those things like we're talking about right now, you could end up on the upside-down yes. part of, of the mortgage, right? And you could become that distressed homeowner. So after they, they find you, the distressed homeowner or a distressed homeowner, then their next step is to get in a conversation with you and start talking money, right? Start yes. talking what they, what they can do for you. So... Basically, once they find that, they're going to give you, give you a call. They're going to reach out and say, hey, my name is, is Joe Blow. I'm a, I'm a wholesaler here in the area. Maybe they might not say it like that, but I would, I would, I like would to love to get a phone call and say, my name is Joe Blow. <laughs> I'd be like, dude, I, I don't care what you're selling. I want it. <laughs> what was it last week? You were like, you from the South? It was like, yes, yes. yes um, but from there, that's when they start talking, talking numbers, right? And something that I do want to make, make a note of is they've already looked – by the time that they've called you, 
right? So, and what I mean by that is there's nothing that you're going to tell them, like Oscar was saying, that's public knowledge that, you're, that you haven't defaulted on your mortgage, that they don't already know. So they've positioned themselves to have this phone call with you to make it sound like the best deal possible, as they should. And what I was alluding with, with my scenario is that, and this podcast is based on his knowledge, because it could mm -hmm. be a horrible thing, or it could be a good thing, or it could be a, a really bad thing, and they're just going to they're gonna take advantage of it. At us as realtors, yeah. we're, we're governed by the commission. Mm -hmm. The Department of Regulatory Agencies governs us to not screw the public or malpractice, right? So it, can, it could be a good thing that, you know, you need to get out. You need to get out and you have foundational issues. You're not going to spend 50K to do them. You know, so it makes sense. Yes. It can make sense. And it, it could be a really good thing. But that's why, again, you hire someone like us and, mm -hmm. and, and give you the scenario. Let's, let's wholesale it because you're not going to spend this money to do it. We put it on the market. You're not going to get that anyway. And mm -hmm. it's the margin and the time sucks. Yep. But we get a wholesale in there. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. Yep. I'll take it, and, and it's going to make sense for the consumer mm -hmm. all day long. So yep. there is scenarios that that will work. But like Charlie said, mm -hmm. by the time a wholesaler uh, identifies a property, they've done their due diligence, and they're going to position themselves to win. Yes, because that's like we said earlier, that's the whole point of the wholesaling business. No, no investor is going to tank their, their, their investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jameson, you got something cooking over there. What, what uh, you no, I was the, the follow up to what you're talking about is, you know, in a normal real estate transaction, there's four parties, right? There's mm. a buyer, seller, buyer's agent, listing agent. And of those four parties, each side is equally represented, right? And each equal representation has a fiduciary duty to only that side, right? So listing agent to the seller, buyer's agent to the buyer. Oscar alluded to this earlier. The reason it's important is because in this scenario, mm -hmm. Right. If you don't have an agent representing you on the seller side, mm -hmm. then so for the listeners at home that don't know what is fiduciary duty, fiduciary duty just means that they are standards that we are held to by a higher authority that we can then get punished, fined by if we do not hold up. Right. Yeah. By essentially Your best interest, best interest, our best is interest. our best interest. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And Period. This is dangerous in the wholesaling. And I, I don't want to say dangerous. Right. Um, I, I just assume everybody has ill It could be dangerous. But <laughs> I don't want to as, go to jail. That's danger to but, me. But as we talked about, right, a wholesaler is not licensed. Therefore, they're not regulated by any sort of committee, oversight, um, you know, association, anything. Now, right? if it goes to the courts, they will lose. Correct. But yes. you have to take it to court. And that yeah. costs money. And if mm -hmm. you're already financially distressed, most likely you're not going to put that risk, right? Kaboom. So what ends up happening is they can write a contract. And if they do something that is quote unquote unsavory or in a gray Unethical. area or takes advantage of a seller, nobody is there to hold them accountable. Mm -hmm. So you have to automatically assume that they are trying to get one past you. Yeah. So not only are you getting an offer under market value mm -hmm. that is then being sold for a higher price, which in my logical brain, that means that my house is worth the $30,000, yeah, yeah, exactly. right? Mm -hmm. um, but now if they go through an inspection, right? They, it says most of them will waive inspection, yep. but they'll do a due diligence or a scope of work inspection. Mm -hmm. They will they not may start just asking, go in blind. Yep. Their contracts are built specifically to shield them, which I'm going to bring up later. Mm -hmm. So essentially as a seller, I look at it as you are 100% exposed, naked in a room full of 100 people trying to take advantage of you. Yeah. And you have no protection. Right? Absolutely. Now, is there people in scenarios that are in a dark enough place that they just need the cash to go? Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. There's people and, that say, you know what? Give me 100K. I don't care. Right. That's all I need. I'm out. And yep. you know what? That's cool. All yes. I would tell you is 
if you were in that scenario, talking to a trusted realtor to mm -hmm. just say, I'm going to, and we talked about this as far as uh, trust relationships. Because there's realtors that are like, hell yeah, because that's an easy sell. Right. Yeah. But have the questions and say, like, I, here's my thing, right? Because I think, Oscar, that's a great point. There's a lot of realtors that go, yeah, absolutely. I'll represent you. No problem. Mm -hmm. Right. It may not be in the buyer's or the seller's best interest to be represented by a real estate agent based on commission and closing costs. Yeah. Mm -mm. It just may not. Right. Mm -hmm. um, marketing terms, all that kind of stuff. So the goal would be if you guys are going through this type of scenario, some of the things that you have to make sure you understand is number one, what liens are on your property? How much do you actually owe? Right. Because if I sit there and I, you, you come to me and say, Hey, Jameson, I'm in, I'm in trouble. I got to list my house. I got these wholesalers that are banging down my door. I got to, I need to sell for like 200,000. Right. And again, how much does a title check cost? Uh, like an ONE. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> yeah. that's what I was saying. Yeah. We will check that. Right. For you. We'll check we'll, it for we'll, you. We'll get, we'll, we'll get the liens. But if it turns into something where it goes, Hey, I have Payoffs. in order to pay off everything, mm -hmm. I need to make X amount. And if my services that I provide put you above and beyond that amount, then I'm going to tell you, you know what? Just go through the wholesaler. Yep. Not only that, there's debt that people don't know that it sticks to your house. Yep. Correct. They won't let you sell it because there's a lien on it. Yep. So it's important for you to pull well, we've, talk, we've talked Ownership about a bunch of stuff. What if it's a H HOA? You HOA. It's yeah. a, Everybody thinks it's a collection agency. Taxes and it's a yes. judgment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a alimony. Alimony. Child support. Child support. Right. They will follow yes. you, and now you're like, oh, I only need a hundred grand. I don't care. Get the wholesale in there Correct. now. Oh my God! You did a deferment five years ago, and you forgot about it, and that's fifty k. Now you're upside down. And you can't close on that thing. All right, well, here, let's just go into this then, just well, just well, because Oscar just talked about. Well, it. I was gonna say. So now we got. They found you. They positioned themselves to to buy the home, right? Mm -hmm. Now, after that, after you've discussed, and let's say you go ahead and you go, yep, I want to, I want to wholesale. I want you to, I want to sell to you. I want to go. Is is at that point? Is the seller, is the homeowner done? Uh, no, I mean the seller's got to sign the contract to right. buy and sell. Right? I mean after after they sign everything, then yes, they have to perform. Yep. There's very Correct. little outs for the seller mm -hmm. because they're not going to do inspection. They're not going to do all this other stuff. I mean, if the if, if it's the, cash, there's no appraisal, it, right? Yep. And and if the investor defaults on day of closing, that's probably your only out. Well, and and the reason I bring that up is because or I, you find an unethical and then you contact the commission. Yeah, but well, that that's the whole thing is that's why I wanted to bring it up before we kind of went into the to the breakdown of it a little bit because that is why it can look so appealing is hey guys, look, man, I'm going to I'm going to give you this. You're going to make an extra 30k, 50k above. You'll be fine, you'll be clear. And guess what? On top of that, once we sign this, your hands off. That's all you have to do. You just got to worry about moving out, right? And that that sounds very very good to somebody who has not consulted an agent or done E&O and, and looked up the things that they need to know. So like that, that's why I wanted to bookend it with that because yes, the process can be fast, can be quick, but at the same time, that is the allure to sellers, to homeowners, to go with wholesalers and investors. One, you're getting cash straight up. You don't got to go through title, anything like that. Well, you know what I mean? As far as earnest and, and worrying about all that kind of stuff, but it's just cash quick, good to go. Earnest money will done. still be deposited, right? Yes. But that is the only remedy that the seller will have yes. is to get back earnest money if the buyer backs out. Yes. And right. Mm -hmm. The problem most, is there's just not a lot of deadlines because mm -hmm. of how the contracts are constructed. Most exactly. of the investors that I know are, are pretty ethical. They're pretty straight up. Correct. Yes. We'll make you whole. Yeah. Yes. Don't worry about it. We'll make you whole. Right. I do need to make a profit and they're upfront with it. Mm -hmm. I need to make this. If you're okay with this profit I'm going to make, 
I'll make it happen. I won't BS you. I'll close on time and I'll do it with cash. I'm not going to bullshit you on Mm -hmm. inspection. That's what's cool about the guys that I know. All these guys. Well, and yeah, and on top of that, but again, that's another nod. You've been in the industry for 18 years. You have these people in your... 22? Yeah. You have those people in your back pocket, right? And again, it does not cost anything to talk to an agent. Uh, Oscar said earlier, hire an agent. It's really consulting with an agent at the end of the day because if, let's say, somebody hooks up with Oscar and he's got five wholesale investors in his back pocket and he knows the knowledge of the market, as he said earlier, he's going to instruct you to go, hey, look, honestly, this is this is probably the best deal for you, yeah. right? So again, wholesaling looks good. It sounds good. It's quick. It's fast. But always, always, always consult a trusted real estate advisor, somebody who, who works in the market and that, and that you trust because they could, again, they might have wholesalers in their back pocket, up to five of them that can beat out the other wholesaler that just calls you randomly. I've been in so many scenarios that I could sniff out, excuse my language, a shit deal from a mile away. Mm-hmm. You're going to get screwed. Let me let me make it right. I so, have some other guys that will make you right with the, the same scenario. Mm-hmm. They're just going to make you whole. Yep. So here's here's the thing I'll tell you, right? Let's say, you know, if I'm a seller and I am, let's say I'm either for sale by owner, so free information for you guys, even though I, you know my opinion on that, um, or you're somebody that gets approached and from, by a wholesaler, mm-hmm. how do you tell the difference between a wholesaler offer and somebody that's maybe a cash offer with a fix and flip? Great question, Jameson. Let me answer it. So, <laughs> he said yeah, you got two. You got two. You got two other people here. We could have asked. Well, you no. The, we only, the, only, hey, listen, I, the I only reason like, I say that it's an alley oop. Yeah, it's only, usually just about Jameson. The, Jameson's the, like the Jameson. only reason I say that is because I have a contract pulled up. Yep. And there's a couple of things that if you guys are for sale by owners or if you guys get approached by wholesalers and you get an offer, and the reason I bring this up is because yes, you should consult a rate an agent. However, if somebody were to come to me and say, hey, can you look over this contract for me and tell me if I should do it? Mm-hmm. Professionally, I would be hard-pressed yeah. to go, yeah, absolutely. Good luck. I review a contract. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So there, beforehand, 100%. Yeah. But if you have offers in your hand, mm-hmm. I, there's, there's really two or three things that I want you guys to look for that'll tell you whether or not you're dealing with a wholesaler or you're dealing with you know, just a cash investor who wants to fix and flip. Mm-hmm. The biggest one is a wholesaler contract will come with an addendum. Mm-hmm. on a separate piece of paper that dictates what the wholesaling process is. And there's two big pieces of here or on this contract that I want you guys to understand. I'll probably give you a screenshot so you can kind of see it, right? Yep. Um, the and, first and before, one, you, before you go on there, that's a great point on the flip side. If you are someone that wants to make an investment mm-hmm. deal, 100% an addendum or an attorney drawn up addendum that protects you because disclosure, disclosure, disclosure Correct. is going to cover your <clears throat> ass. Yes. Yep. So if you get a cash offer from an investor that's looking to fix and flip, it's going to be a standard real estate contract, right? With the cash, obviously you want to look through and make sure you're not getting screwed on additional provisions, but there's not going to be an extra addendum mm-hmm. because a cash investor that wants to fix and flip doesn't need it. Yep. Wholesaler does. And there's two main things on here that you have to pay attention to. It's a dead giveaway. The first one is the purchase price addendum that basically makes you the seller responsible that whatever the offer is that you're accepting is enough to cover the liens any potential liens on the property, mm-hmm. any. And if it doesn't, you have to prove that you have enough cash to cover those liens at close, straight up. So, so basically to break that down, what, what Jameson's saying is the wholesaler absolves themselves of any of your financial burden mm-hmm. and they don't care if you have to come up with another $50,000 that you don't know about. Yep. That's what that part of the contract does for so them. So they're forcing you to close if anything comes out on title mm-hmm. that you didn't know about. 
Yep. Here's another one. This is, what, this is the investor disclosure. Ooh. Okay. This is to me. This is the dead giveaway on any sort of wholesaling deal, and it states that a buyer is an investor and reserves the right to advertise, market, or resell the property at any time, including before and after closing, and for any price and terms in the buyer's sole discretion. Mm. That is a dead giveaway. If you yeah. see that on the addendum, mm -hmm. you are dealing with a wholesaler. They and are again, marketing your property for a profit and they need to disclose, I'm going to make a profit off correct. of you mm -hmm. before I buy your house yep. and you're going to be okay with it. Yep. So with, with that being said, Jameson, I think that's a great, a great kind of tie into to our, our last little bit on. Well, hold on. There's, there's one, oh, there's, there's one, more. but there's bring more, it. bring it. There's one more. So this okay. is the third, again, I was going to give you guys three. Yeah. There's the third one. Unrestricted right to terminate at buyer's sole discretion. So in a normal real estate transaction, there are outs, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And the buyer can only terminate up until really the, the latest date is the uh, loan availability deadline for the most part, mm -hmm. or the final walkthrough for some reason, the property doesn't look like what it looked like when they, per when they initially went into contract, right? This allows the buyer, in this case, the wholesaler, to terminate up until the day of closing mm -hmm. for any reason. Any and by reason. any reason, he could say, well, it's cloudy today. Mm -hmm. I don't want to buy this property anymore. But yep. the key of this is, um, I don't know where did it go. Anyway, the key is one of the reasons they can terminate is if they don't find a suitable investor to sell the property to before close. Yep. Right. So basically what, what that means is the prior one that Jameson read where it says, hey, I have the right to market your property before closing. If it doesn't turn out well for them, they can just turn around and say, yeah, bye. I don't. I, I don't have to give you a reason. My reason is I saw mouse poop yes. in the garage and, and I don't, I don't want to do this now. That means Buyer is unable to locate a concurrent purchaser for resale of the property mm -hmm. or the buyer determines the profit or margin, like Oscar said, yep. is not in line with buyer's expectation, which means they give themselves the entire time you're under contract to sell that to somebody else. And if they can't, the day of closing comes up an hour before closing and go, hey, you know what? Sorry, we're backing out. All right, Oscar. So like Jameson just said, right, you have the there's that 30 days where they have they can, you know, market the property. Either they don't find an investor, they can duck out at any time in those 30 days. So my question to you is, as a seller in your experience in those 30 days from the time that the seller goes under contract to the time that you close, what are they normally doing? Are they spending money? Are they getting rid of stuff? What does that look like for, for the seller? Well, for the seller, I typically tell them, look, if it's an investor and or if it's a wholesaler, it's the same as a regular transaction. Let's wait. Let's mm -hmm. wait till we get closer. Um, read the addendums. You know, double check everything. What's going on? When they have no outs, start start mm -hmm. shopping. Start packing. Start cleaning up the house. Um, but in like like we were talking about in a normal real estate transaction, it's more structured, right? So absolutely. you know, hey, we've just gotten past this point. We're good to go. Versus, as, as Jameson said earlier, it could be day of closing, the, the th day of 30. They've already started paying the movers. They've already gotten rid of furniture. They've already paid to, to repaint or whatever they need to do. So what's a safety net with that? Mm -hmm. with, if I'm representing the seller is post-occupancy. Yep. Right. Well, They're not going to start packing their stuff until we close. But again, that's, that's if they're working with an agent, right? Normal, in, in a lot of the wholesale situations, like we're talking about, there's that's it. It's the wholesaler and the seller. Right. So the you reason I move bring out. that up, right? Yeah. yeah, exactly. You start sellers start to move out. They prepare to then be done. And with the, what Jameson just pointed out on the contract, 
you could have everything moved out. You, you could have your stuff halfway across the country. Now you're more distressed. Yep. Because you don't got the money that you were banking that you were going <laughs> to exactly, get. Exactly. Exactly. So that, that's honest, that's just what I wanted to kind of tailor off to on that one um, with that because that's something that needs to be thought about is they can back out at any time. So if you are in a wholesaling deal, please just remember that wait until day 30. Well, to, and the goal is to, to if, if you are selling your house by yourself. Mm-hmm to determine if you were dealing with a wholesaler or not. Because in my experience, and Oscar, I don't know if you've, you've experienced this, they don't outright say they're wholesalers. No. Right? No. So you have to read between the lines. They make you think that they have money. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Oscar's going to talk about this in yeah. a second. Mm-hmm. But the goal would be to take the information we're giving you. If you see an addendum, if you see the things that were outlined, if you see that they don't, they don't give you any outs, you have to infer that they're a wholesaler. And then you have to adjust your expectations the same way based on who you're dealing with. But what Oscar just said, right? Wholesalers most of the time don't have money. Yeah. You don't have to have cash to wholesale property. I could tie your house up and sell it to them. Have another addendum saying, Hey, I'm going to sell this to you for 10 grand. Once that closes or, or sell you my LLC, I just made my 10 grand. Now it's up to you guys. What about earnest money? Same with earnest money. You know, you roll it into the transaction, right? So that's another giveaway, right? Yeah. If they're going to offer on your house without earnest money, ask why. Or, or minimum, $1,000. Right? Ask we're why. We're going to tie it up with $1,000, yep. but we're going to come give you cash. Ask why. Most investors, here's 20 grand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You got three days, three days to do my due diligence. I'm going to hold you off the market for three days. If everything works out, we're closing in 15th. My earnest money goes hard. That means they can't back out. If they back out, their earnest money has gone, and that's 15 grand. This is That's a perfect example because the, the contract I pulled that I was reading out to you guys was from one of my properties I had listed, and I had three, diff, three or four different offers. One was from a fix and flip, and they offered 15000 in earnest money hard after inspection. Right? Brilliant. The wholesaler I see offered $1,000. Yep. And an addendum that basically said, we can tell you to fuck off whenever we damn well please. Day of closing. The difference was the wholesaler's offer was higher yep. than the fix and flip. So I went through with the seller because I was representing her and showed her the differences. And after we broke it down, she goes, why in the hell would I ever accept that? I go, you're right. But if you're a for sale by owner, or if you're somebody that's not represented, you're just going to look at the dollar amount and go, yeah, this makes way more sense. And as an agent, you have to represent. You exactly. have to present everything Mm -hmm. yep all right so let's go ahead and and move into the final little portion that we have here with wholesaling which is kind of just breaking down a wholesale deal in general um and and what i mean by that is we just want to talk numbers Mm -hmm. right so jameson i think that you had you had kind of something planned out yeah basically it's just it's the argument of like okay if i if i sell to a wholesaler wholesaler and i'm not represented by a listing agent i'm going to save money Mm -hmm. right the whole idea behind why people do fispos for sale by owners exactly and the the very very basic math is let's say i've got a house that needs some work right but it's four hundred thousand dollars we look at arv and maybe if you fix it up it's like 450 whatever it is right if i'm an agent and i market that property well right have you come in and and do some repair work on some big big ticket items that are going to lift the property let's say at six percent commission on a four hundred thousand dollar house right as a seller you're going to lose call it another percent for closing Mm $28,000, right? So you're going to sell your house for 400, 28,000 of those proceeds are going to go towards commission and closing costs. Yep. But with that agent, you get marketing, photos, E&O, all these safeguards, again, with an agent. And knowledge, because a lot of those repairs are covered through insurance, Mm -hmm. including 
HOA special assessments, yes. which nobody knows. Yes. As agents, agents don't know. They yep. do your, now. Your special you. assessments can be covered <laughs> by your HOA. Now your HOA is $300 more a month because you got to cover three or $5,000 because they did a special assessment to fix the stairs. Guess what? Your insurance can cover that, and you don't have to pay anything a month anymore. Yep. And that's why you keep coming back, ladies and gentlemen. And that's knowledge. why you got to get a, a good agent. <laughs> right? Because All right, so... We, you we, think I don't have the money to fix this, yeah. but you don't need right. the money. You just need a deductible. Mm-hmm. Yep. So let's say let's say you, you list for four hundred, you sell for four hundred, twenty eight thousand after commission and, and closing costs, your nets, you know, call it three hundred and seventy two thousand dollars. Right. Mm-hmm. Now you take that same house, same condition, no commission, right? Mm-hmm. But the like we talked about, because of very, very small margins, mm-hmm. your wholesaler may come and say, I'm gonna give you cash fifteen day close and I'll give you three fifty. But you're out. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And then we just talked about everything else, right? You're not paying commission. You're not doing anything else. Well, now that $400,000 house, you're selling for three fifty mm-hmm. versus three seventy two. dollars Right there, in its simplest terms, you just lost out on $22,000. Well, Oscar said the example earlier that his, his, his seller would have missed out on $150,000. Right. You know what I mean? Like that- she did. She did give me a timeline. She's like, okay. Yeah, but that's- Put your I money think, where your mouth is. Yeah. I'll give you 45 days. I think that is a beautiful way to handle that And I said, okay. Right? But it, in that scenario, me. so now let's say the scenario is the same, right? And let's say we just rework the math and you make three, 300, your net's $372,000 each way. Mm-hmm. For the same price, you get protection. Mm-hmm. Liability protection, you get negotiation protection, yeah. you get guidance all the way from the start to the finish of the transaction. You get somebody that you know, like, and trust the entire time yep. that has knowledge such as covering special assessments, you insurance money. You can, yes, we can drink bourbon with you, whatever <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, we're, if we're you a make a bit of a therapist at the same time. Exactly, right? So the goal is, and again, this is, I'm not saying use an agent because I know for a fact, and I will come on here and admit it freely, there are scenarios where using a realtor may not make sense. Yep. No, okay, and, and, right? and most realtors are worth a shit. We'll tell you that. We'll tell you. Yes. We are your recourse. Exactly. If yep. Anything throughout the transaction goes south, sue me. Right. Malpractice, well, and I have insurance for it. Mm-hmm. I do not want any dings on my uh, my uh, my insurance, my errors and omissions. But I am your recourse, and I tell correct. that more so in new builds. Yes. I am your recourse, and if anything goes south, I got you. And this is important to talk about because we talk about all the time, right? You have a distressed individual or a distressed house, whatever it is. The goal is what is your financial outcome yes. that you need? And we are thinking clearly. Correct. We're a third party. We're a professional. We we're know not what we're under, talking yeah, about. We're not under, we're not under the collectors the gun. or anything we're, like None that. of that. We are going to think clearly for you because you are just, I need out. I don't care. And we're going to come and say, I could still do the same thing and make you more money. And you're going to be taken care of and it's going to be done right. To you, it's emotional. To us, it's business. Every transaction is emotional when you're distressed, even more so. Mm -hmm. You're way more vested in the emotional part of this transaction than anything else. And you're getting ready to give away this property because you just want to do away with it. You contact us. We'll say, I could still do away with it in the same amount of time. Don't screw yourself. Well, and the other thing that I want to point out, too, is a scenario that, that Jameson talked about with, with, with the numbers that, that we're going over. Don't forget, guys, there's, there's equity, right? So, like, Jameson, that is as You burn bare it. Bones, it's yours. Right? Th- that is as bare bones as we can go with those numbers. But we're very lucky here in Colorado that we've seen, in some areas, 35% plus in equity growth over the last three years. There are places around the country that may not see that. And the reason that I bring that up is because a lot of the time, with these wholesalers, as we've said already, 
they're, they need to make money. So they are going to give you a lower amount. What if you've owned that property for three or four years and you've only gained 1% over those three to four years? That wholesaler does not care about the equity, the amount of money that you have in the home. They just want to get the home, Correct. right? So where, yes, your real estate agent would take a commission. And again, I know we're harping on it, but they're there for you. They are legally obligated to benefit you to the greatest outcome possible versus that wholesaler can come in and go, yeah, uh, looks like you bought this house four years ago for $400,000 and now it's worth 402000 So I, I need to make some money on it. I'm going to offer you 350000 And guess what? Bet your money you're still going to have to cover Oh, and that they're going to sell it to you. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, and so again, are, are you, are you going to pay someone a commission to have your best interest? Mm -hmm. Your best interest. We get screwed if we don't. Or a wholesaler that's going to make a profit, which is the same thing as a commission, that I don't give a shit if I screw you. Exactly. What exactly. part? What side of the coin do you want right. to be on? It's the, the the irony of this entire thing is, mm -hmm. I have a wholesaler that is selling your the the title to your house for thirty thousand twenty thousand. Call it on average seven to ten percent more. Yes. Than what they purchase it for, right? Let's seven to ten percent. Let's talk about so, five thousand so dollars. Who cares? Somebody, but there's somebody mm -hmm. that is buying that contract on a let's so let's say you sell it for two hundred thousand. There's somebody that's buying that contract for two hundred and thirty grand. Okay, yep. which means there's somebody that thinks your house is worth two hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Exactly. Which means on the open market, there is a potential that you get more than two hundred and thirty thousand mm -hmm. dollars just by using an agent and your net net will be more. Mm -hmm. I get it. There are scenarios where you have to be out in 14 days. You don't want to hassle with anything. You just want this done, wipe your hands and clean and go. But to Oscar's point, yep. you're going to pay commission one way or another. You just don't know it yet. Whether it's called one a commission it, or a profit. One of it is mm -hmm. unrealized commission Yes, because you're just saying, well, I sold my house for 200000 to this guy. Well, that guy just went ahead and resold it for 230000 in 30 days, which means there's a demand for your house at $230,000. And oh, oh, thank you. Thank you for just saying that, though. Again, we talk about it. We harp on it. Supply and demand, right, guys? So as of right now, in the United States current market, we are seeing the lowest inventory levels ever. That's one of the leading factors of what's going on in our market right now. So with everything that we just told you, if there's low inventory, and that means that there's more buyers that are willing to buy your home do you think that going with a wholesaler in this market is the most beneficial thing for your pocket? No. No. Maybe, maybe not. Well, well, as 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 just laid out. Yeah. Probably, probably not. Right? I mean, because case by case, day, but be informed. Yes, exactly. But by the end of the day, yeah. be able to make an educated decision. Yes. 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 And, and and the reason I bring it up is because with those numbers and and the way that the market is, wholesalers do a lot better when there's more inventory because your houses are sitting. Now, in this current market, a house goes on, and yeah, it may take a little bit longer based on price point, but there are buyers. There are people who are willing to buy the home, and as Jameson stated, market value of your home is higher strictly because inventory is lower. So mm -hmm. just consider that when you're thinking about the wholesale, and, and again, if you need to do it, do it. We're not taking that away from you. We're no. not beating you up on it. No. If you need to do it, do it. With that said, sorry the wholesaler guys that I know, but... I have investors that have millions, hedge funds, whatever the hell, mm -hmm. they'll make you whole. Yep. You don't need a wholesaler. Mm -hmm. Wholesalers is just gonna, it's the finder's fee, right? That's yep. kind of where wholesalers, that's their, that's their niche, the finder's mm -hmm. fee. Because mm -hmm. they're gonna turn around and sell it to an investor. I have investors with deep, deep pockets 
they'll make you whole. Yep. They don't have they don't have to have this margin. As long as they have this, they're good. They keep their workers working. They make a little bit of profit. Mm-hmm. Their business model works, and they keep going. They'll make you whole. If you're gonna sell and you're just like, I just want it away, we have investors. Mm-hmm. We have investors that'll take care of you. We need as agents. I don't care if they're my best friend, the investor. I still have to look after your Correct. best interests. Yep. They'll make you whole. Make sure you're educated on how they're making you whole, and you're done. Or get the phone call from the wholesaler. He's going to make a profit off you, and then the investor is going to make a profit off you, and you just lost thousands of dollars. Yep. And I, <laughs> Every dollar counts. Oh, what a, what a, I, I, honestly, I can't wait. I can't wait for the comments. Uh, on this one, especially bring it. You, you know what? Stop, st- stop, stop, stop chopping him up. Bring him to me. Right. Well, no, I'll find I, out where you I, live. I'm excited only because it's what's funny to me is I have not seen a timid wholesaler. Mm-mm. And you know Mm-mm. what I mean? Like I, I and but again, it's the nature of that business. Right. So I'm excited to, to, for, to chop this up and put it out into the ether sphere and see what comes back. Oh, because- and a wholesaler doesn't have to be one dude. Oh, yeah. I have mm-hmm. I had a wholesale company call me on one of my current listings. They are 100% a wholesaler. Mm. They, they, I told them no, it didn't work, and their, their dialer sold me on it and said, we will provide one payment, cash, let's go. I said, okay, if they don't, I'm going to be pissed mm-hmm. because I don't care if I'm wasting one, two, three minutes on you. That's one, two, three minutes I could have been spending with my family or golfing or something I'd like to do. Don't <laughs> do it. Especially those new clubs. Yeah. Don't do the, it. Uh, the contract I read, I read examples from for you guys is uh, United Colorado LLC. Yeah. Mine's Up Equity. Mm-hmm. Up Equity. Yep. They called me. I got on a Zoom call. I was like, if you're an, um, uh, Elevated an investor. Elevated Real Estate LLC, that's another if, one. If you're an, if you're an investor, you're not going to want to be on Zoom with me. You're just going to submit the offer, accept it or yep. not. Mm-hmm. I knew that was coming. I I played the whole piss. I, I I played the whole pissed off part. I knew what was coming. Right. Got on the Zoom call, didn't show his face, kept his face blank. I was like, all right, check one. I know <laughs> where this is going. I let him go for two minutes because I didn't want to spend more than five. Let him go for two minutes. I said, first of all, one that doesn't work for my sellers. Mm-hmm. It won't even cover the lien on their property, not their mortgage. So stop there. He goes, yeah, but we need to go through. I said, okay. Second of all. Your guy told me that it was going to be one payment, not two installments. So you're wholesaling this property. You're going to find someone to buy this property mm-hmm. from you. We're ending this conversation now before yep. I get nasty because I don't know you. You are somewhere in Texas, <laughs> and I will cuss the shit out of you right now. <laughs> so again, it's in your best interest to stop. duties to the client. Exactly. My client didn't even know about it. I haven't right. told him yeah. that that's the conversation I had. Right. I called him and I said, yeah, I had a wholesaler come in. It wasn't in your best interest. Mm-hmm. This is what they offered. They laughed at it, and they said, sorry, they wasted your time. I said, no, they only wasted two minutes. Right. It's fine. Oh, yeah. hell, hell of an episode, gentlemen. Hell of an episode. Wonderful conversation. Uh, I think it's a good time to move into our one rock takeaways. I went first uh, last week, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back on this one let one of you guys take it. I'll take it. Uh, if you're for sale by owner or not working with an agent, pay attention to the addendums. That will be the dead giveaway on who you're dealing with, and then you can make a decision from there. Um, I'm going to add on to that whole, uh, for sale by owner. Sometimes it does make sense to do a for sale by owner. Trust me, it's, it's, not, it's not the most complex thing to do. It is time, time management, and it's legal. If you're okay with potentially going into court because something went south or finding out that you got screwed, by all means, for sale by, for sale by owner all day long. But it's our best interest to make sure you are a winner. My motto is a win-win on both sides, right? Because I like a smooth transaction. But at the end of the day, 
I'm a freaking bulldog when it comes down to the transaction. I'm gonna make sure you win. I don't care what happens on the other side. Sounds heartless, but that's not what I'm hired for. So definitely consult with the realtor before you go for sale by owner. Now on the flip side of that, even if you go on the open market, if you're distressed, definitely talk to your real estate agent because they're gonna tell you, you may not be that distressed. You may be- Well, now I talk to them. Be 1,000% transparent. Transparent, <laughs> yes. Let us know. I, yeah. I don't care if you I have a- I can't deal with things if I don't understand the right, I don't. I don't care mm -hmm. if you have a million dollar trust account. Right. If you tell me about it, I'm gonna tell you, well, you need to protect that because this is how it can affect that. And I you don't know, care if you've got six alimonies for seven different baby mamas or daddies. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't my, care. It doesn't matter. My job me. is not to judge you. It doesn't my, matter. My job is not to judge you or your situation. My job is to make sure that you come up unscathed and on top of your situation. Yep. That's what I'm hired for. And anybody can do an easy real estate transaction. Anybody, a monkey could freaking do it. Yep. But we earn our money. We earn our pay and our value comes when things hit the fan and I make sure that you came out on top. Oh, Oscar, it only happens perfect. like at least on average three times a transaction. <laughs> at least. That was a perfect lead in. I, I like how I position myself with my one rock takeaways as, as, as the hippie and, and the human element. But my one rock takeaway for this is guys, create systems for your anxiety and your stresses. Because if you get into a distressed situation, whether it be your mortgage or whatever it is, it is your mental ability to process that and deal with your stress and anxiety that will help you slow down enough to recognize certain addendums in a contract or recognize, hey, I might be able to make a little bit more from this transaction. So my one rock takeaway is do what you can for yourself to, to learn how to, how to calm yourself down and not just jump at the highest dollar amount because at the end of the day, it's the highest dollar amount isn't always the best option. The real estate transaction is emotional as it is. When you're distressed, mm -hmm. to add on what Charlie, he hit it on the, on the dollar, you're super emotionally vested now mm -hmm. in a bad way. And let us come in, see it from an outside point of view, from a professional point of view and say, hey, you're freaking out, calm down, let me handle it. You just take care of your mental health. Mm -hmm. I will make you that money. I will get it sold so you could go ahead and there's more that you need to do, yep. move out, plan your life after that, mm -hmm. let us take care of this first. I just pictured in my head the, uh, the Three Stooges. Mo is like freaking out, and then Curly comes up and just smacks him in the yeah. face. Snap out of it, you know? Like that's, that's what real estate agents, realtors can provide for you is a steady uh, mentality and psyche to, to help you work through these things. But like even I if said, you don't use us, just yeah. know that you, yes, just you calm options. down, breathe, and really figure out your situation. Mm -hmm. It might not be as bad as you think, or it might be worse, I don't know. We'll figure that out. Depends on how many baby daddies and mommies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hell. Who knows, who knows? I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be like, hey, Nick are Cannon, you sure there's only six? He's like, planet. you know what? There might be seven. All right, let's dig into that. <laughs> Same with Philip Rivers, apparently. Yeah, right? What is he on, nine, 10, 11. 11. Shaq, yeah. Shaq has like Will, I think Will Chamberlain too. slept with like 5, thousand women or something oh yeah like that. He, has, he holds a record or something yeah, can, like can you imagine him trying to his nba sounds, records are nothing compared yeah. to his this women sounds records. like a, a perfect conversation for the bourbon review <laughs> uh, <laughs> baby's mama i need a drink yeah. <laughs> right uh so so guys i i think this is a, a good bourbon to accompany the conversation for sure because we talk about how much that plays into it um i i want to hear from you guys about about your your thoughts throughout the episode on it i'm interested you know, the, the bourbon um, kind of textured its way through the, the episode. I could now taste 
some more sweet, sugary, caramely vanilla as I didn't I was drink say it. The same thing. As yep. I didn't drink it, as it just hung out, mm -hmm. the flavoring. Um, it's it's a little more complex than I thought initially, um, but it's after the fact that I drink it that it did. So it's just kind of unique. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, it it hit more notes after I drank it, and I didn't have anything else. Mm -hmm. So do you want me to give it a rock rating? Well, what about what are, we, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking, James? It definitely opened up. Yeah. Um, I think the the complexity came like the first couple sips was like Oscar and you guys said it was like here's the flavor and then you get punched in the face mm -hmm. and it's kind of mashed together. Yep. And I think as as I sipped on it, it started to separate those layers a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, the burn didn't last as long. I started to get some more of the graham cracker and the caramel and a little bit of the creme brulee. Uh, I like I this is weird to I say, dude. Creme brulee now. Like, it. I think I don't know if I've ever said this about a whiskey, but to me, this is like a patio whiskey. Well, yeah, yeah. you know well, what no, I mean. And, and like, what I was gonna say too is, I think this is a perfect candidate for the water drop. Yes. Yeah. You know what? It's a patio whiskey, like patio. a hot summer day patio. Like normally, if I go, if I go to a patio, right downtown Denver, <laughs> yep, yep, and I'm sitting there and it's 95 degrees outside, I'm hitting up an ice cold Modelo because. Mm -hmm. Goddamn. You got to. <laughs> got to, right? Or I might go something fruity. Like Slurpee a drink. cucumber mint. Yep. No, or like a cucumber mint martini. Yeah, shaking, cucumber spa. Right? Something, something like that. right? Yeah, or a, a mojito. Something like that. Yeah. Oh, and I'm mojito. like, man, I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. However, and I would I would rarely choose a, a, a bourbon, let alone like an old-fashioned yes. or something like that. Mm -hmm. I could actually, like, it's it's almost, I don't even, I don't, this is a weird conundrum. Because put burn, an umbrella on that thing. The burn's there, but it's it's light enough mm -hmm. and like, I, yes. Yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't want to say refreshing, yeah. but it's like I could drink this on a patio and be good. Before mm -hmm. I forget, I said it was a summary. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Initially, it is a summary. It's a well what you're gonna get. Wikipedia. But yeah. it has a postscript. It does. Yeah. It has a PS. Yes. Yeah. Which is cool because yeah. now you just the summary and you have a PS. Here's what you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's not a dragged out book. But is a summary, and you're going to have some. Yeah, I think, a, I think it was a postscript. pleasant surprise. Yeah, absolutely. The postscript and was a pleasant yeah, surprise. Yeah. And, and, and what I, what I would say, and we always talk about first time bourbon drinking. Oh wait, right? um, by the way, how do we rate these? Oh yeah, so this is our rock rating, and basically what we do is it's on a scale of one to ten, and that's because the more ice you tend to put in a bourbon, the worse it is. So the lower the score, the better the bourbon. That's how we do it. Right? It's like golf with Oscar's new irons. Oh yeah, I'm that's not going right. to play. I'm scared. <laughs> Oscar went and treated himself and got some some PXGs, real, real baby. good custom. I bought some PXGs. I was kind of I was kind of bullied into buying them, and then I just bullshit. I, I was, I was. <laughs> but but you know what, what? What made me seal the deal was that I went to a couple stores that I won't mention their names, and I was the customer service was subpar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the kibosh and you're bullied into buying them because the, the fact of the matter is you went to three different stores. On purpose, you weren't driving a Tesla that went haywire. I was like, why do I keep ending up at these golf stores? You went to one, you're like, I got no service. Fuck this place. Then you went to another, we're like, still got no service. Fuck this place. So by the third one, you were screaming from the car, help me buy clubs. Well, And, and somebody I knew, finally went, you know what? I, I will help you buy because clubs. Because I knew they were... They're known for customer service. I get it. So you They're went known to, for exactly. So, you so went I went to purpose. go to double check that they were <laughs> shit. And then no, I came back and they were unreal. like, come here. I got you. Give me a hug. Yeah. So, I love I mean, you. To your point, this would be anyway. a great golf course bourbon. Sure. Speaking of, I just put misters dude, on my patio, by the, the way. Uh, so. hey. The uh, ooh, misters in a golf cart with the with the <laughs> liquor stick. Oh, dude. 
I'm just saying. <laughs> we're dreaming over here, guys. We're Woo. dreaming. I, um, we always talk about uh, the first time bourbon drinkers, right? I think that this one would scare away. Yes, 100%. So, some this people, is not a first time bourbon no, drinker. No, it, it's, it's definitely, and not even, not even coming from a I know bourbon kind of standpoint. And it's, the, yeah. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not that. No. It's, it's strictly, especially if you get that neck pour. Yes. If, if, for a non bourbon drinker that gets a neck pour of this bottle, they're going to taste it and be like, no. I'm, I wonder if it's because the neck is taller than most bourbon bottles. Maybe. It was that bad. Maybe. I, it was, I mean, the, it felt like the neck pour continued past yeah. the neck on this one. But, again, to its, to its graces, it did open up. So let's go ahead and give them give the, the rock rating. I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit back on this one. Four and a half. Okay. I'm in the same realm. Um, initially, I would give it a different rating. Yeah. But because, I think it started as like a five and a half. Because we know mm-hmm. bourbon – this is definitely not a beginner's bourbon. Yeah. A beginner's bourbon. It's someone that knows their bourbon, but they're going to hang on to it mm-hmm. because you're going to spend the money. All right, let me, let me finish it or finish drinking whatever comes first yep. and then get my, 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 my opinion on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that that's the way this carried out because initially I would have said five and a half, six yep. all yep. day. But then as it kept going, lingering, I'm empty. I still taste complexity. Mm-hmm. Whoa, game changer. Yep. I'm going to give it a solid four and a half as well. Yeah, I think that's a four and a half across the board. It's a good bourbon, Yeah, but you have to wait for it. Exactly. This it's, bourbon would be very good smoked. Yes, um, absolutely. I say that it will take because while I, had, take I, had, I had the opportunity to have some Japanese whiskey while I was in Vegas. But I yeah, had it's it. Different stuff. I had it. I had it smoked. It's a whole other one. Uh, mm-hmm. Total side note: We went to Nobu. I think I told you the yep. story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never been to Nobu before. Did you go down to the the speakeasy at the Mandalay? No, 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 no. no phenomenal place sick. for an old no, fashioned. After we went to Nobu, phenomenal place and for dropped old like a, a lot, of, a lot of money. <laughs> my my golf clubs amount. <laughs> Uh, almost. Jesus. I could have <laughs> bought. I could have bought the a nice set. I could have bought the iron set. Let's oh, just put Jesus. it that way. That's a yeah, good. That's I could have gone. Change. I could have gone. Uh, pitching wedge to nine iron. Hey, but you got to. Sorry, yourself pitching wedge to uh, four iron, and I would have covered gotta it. Got to treat yourself. But you got to treat yourself. But I had a Japanese whiskey that was mm-hmm. high rye. They're not um, cheap. None and, of them. None of them. And they're not cheap. But mm-hmm. they smoked at table side, and in my head, I look at this, and if you do like a cherry wood. Right, just mm-hmm. because of you do get that initial burn, but then you get the sweetness. If you do a yeah. sweet smoke, mm-hmm. I think this would actually be fantastic. Oh, yeah. I mean, all around, I think if yeah. you do like a like a birch or something, I mean yep. cedar, yeah. something that's not sweet, it would still pair. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you nailed it. Something smoked with this would be great. Yep. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, guys, as always, thank you for joining us on another episode. Did you give it at the rating? Yeah, four, four and, and a half. Five four and a half. All right, right. four and a half. Um, Thank you guys for joining us again, guys. You can you can catch us. Uh, our audio drops on Friday. Our videos on YouTube. Living in Colorado, the Mile High Perspective between Monday and Wednesday. We have community spotlight videos. We have new home tour videos up there for you. You can get in touch with us by emailing us at resotr at themilehighperspective.com or 303-578-0263. Like and subscribe, guys. Give us some comments. We've gotten some good comments. Yep. We've gotten some hateful comments. I love all Keep of them. Keep them coming. Uh, Keep them coming. Just so you guys know, all of the comments, we can now respond via video. Yeah. So I am waiting for a good <laughs> oh, give one. Give me a chance. I am <laughs> waiting for a good one. So keep them coming uh, with stuff that you guys want us to talk about, right? And, yeah. and give us some bourbons to try. Yep. yep. I mean, it sucks going to the liquor store and be like, mm, 
that one. You yep. know, give us something that we might not. Yep. And if you guys, of. if you guys want to get to know us a little bit more on a personal level, socials, guys. The Colorado real estate guy, basically everywhere. Oscar the realtor, everywhere. I am that lifting agent, everywhere. And uh, guys, this was a phenomenal episode. Listeners, I will say, viewers. I will say one thing. If you guys are listening to this and you find it useful, our vocals, right? Our vocals. If you like <laughs> our hot vocals, uh, give us. Give us a good rating. Mm-hmm. It helps us drive the channel. It helps us drive the podcast. Um, and we love, to, we love to see that, right? We really appreciate anybody that's, that's given us positive feedback. Mm-hmm. Turn that positive feedback into action. Click those stars, preferably all five of them. Uh, and then, yeah, like and subscribe, as yeah. we always say. To my Peace. family and friends, thank you so much for the push. We love my you. birthday weekend. Appreciate you guys. You Happy guys birthday. got us up. Yeah, thank Charlie's you. 30. I am 30. Dang. All right. I remember yeah, 30. Charlie's 30. Doing Dang. this thing, baby. Shit. But on that note, I'm going to go enjoy my 30s. Have a great day, everybody. See you guys. Catch Cheers. you later. Cheers. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of Real Estate Served on the Rocks. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Spotify, and for the weekly video version, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living in Colorado, in my own perspective.